0: welcome to episode 262 of the veg podcast my name's richard and i absolutely love growing my own food in my allotment and garden now today i'm really excited because i've met up with kirsty from my little allotment a blogger i've been following for quite a while but firstly as always we have my diary with what i've been up to over this last week Well, today is the 10th of March 2020. It's a Tuesday. I have managed yet again to finish work very, very early today. Now, I could have gone down the allotment. The trouble is, at the moment, down the allotment, there are some roadworks going on. So it's a little bit annoying. Instead, I came home. It was just as well, actually. One of the first things I did was check on my quail. Lately, I've noticed my quail have been fighting quite a bit. And unfortunately, the female passed away today. That was Eve, who was one of my original quail. Now, she was getting on a bit, so I wasn't surprised. But that did leave the other three. And Bunny, which was probably the smallest male, I've noticed he had a few scratches from where they'd been fighting. So I decided it was time to separate him out. And I've brought him inside the potting shed, which is where I am at the moment, in one of uh, the spare cages I have in here. He seems quite happy now. He's eating, he's drinking, so I think he just needed a bit of time away and uh, we'll keep an eye on him. Now, I do need to get some more females, which I have got something in the pipeline, if it all works out. Now, while I was in the potting shed, I decided it was time to have a tidy up. You may recall a couple of weeks ago that I said that any seedlings or plants that were on my shelf above my ice line, I was not looking after them very well. So I moved all my seedlings now onto the same shelf, and that meant moving the grow lights. Now these grow lights are my older ones, which are kind of your standard light bulb style. And I've moved those so they're above this shelf now and sorted that out. All my seedlings and seeds seem quite happy in here. I've also moved my cucumber plants that were potted up last week. They were in the potting shed. I've now moved those out to here. They seem quite happy so far. It's still a little bit early but we'll see how they go on over the next few days and hopefully they will survive okay out here. Now a few days ago my niece asked me for some herb cuttings that you could take into school she's at a forest school and they they were after some herb cuttings that they could they use to educate the kids or or whatever it was I don't really know the details I just said yes of course you can have some herb cuttings so I went around my garden and I took a few cuttings I took some cuttings of some bay rosemary lavender oregano mint apple mint and tarragon Nothing complicated about this, I just took cuttings, removed the lower leaves, dipped the ends in some rooting hormone powder, and then popped those into pots of soil. All the pots are labelled, saying exactly what is in them. So, yeah, quite a productive afternoon here at home, I'm quite pleased to say. It's, It's nice to finish work early and do some real gardening. Well today is Wednesday the 11th of March 2020, another early finish from work so another afternoon spent at home. I'm back in the potting shed today where really most of my work seems to be happening at the moment. It's starting to rain outside which is a great thing about having a shed. Now I did actually manage to mow the lawn earlier, first time in a while I've managed to mow the lawn, although it wasn't the best cut got it done. And of course all those chopped grass clippings go into my compost bin to make some compost for the beds later on this year. After that I came into the potting shed and I started by potting on some of my lettuces. Now these were sown on the 16th of February and they've been growing on rather nicely. I can't quite read the label to tell you what the variety are but they... have um they're growing on quite nicely, but they needed potting on and separating out. So I've put them out into individual root trainers or individual trays, where hopefully they'll grow on and we will get some lettuces from them. Give them a good water and then place them into position, again, under grow lights, just to try and boost them along and hope they get some good growth on them. Now, after that, I, I've had a bit of a thought, really. The other day I was asked a question about how I'm going to deal with food shortages should coronavirus really hit. Now, personally, although I'm not worried, my answer to that question was I'll go out into my garden and get some food. I've kind of been thinking on this question. Now, this afternoon, coronavirus has obviously been classed as a pandemic by the WHO, so it's escalated. It begs the question, what if the shops are unavailable? Now, as I said, I've got a lot of food growing in my garden, rhubarb, herbs, so on. But most of my seedlings and plants that are growing are probably not going to be ready for harvesting until May. And while at the moment I still have plenty of food in the freezer, my kind of thought process is, what happens if we all get put into isolation due to this coronavirus? And what can I do? Sure, my freezer is full of plenty of food from last year's harvest, so we're not going to starve in that sense, providing the electricity keeps running. But what about fresh food? Now herbs, I do keep quite a few herbs by my kitchen door and that's always great for making some meals a bit more interesting. And of course the chickens and the quail will provide us with fresh eggs on a pretty much daily basis. And at the moment we've got rhubarb, chard, few other little bits. But what else could I be doing? And what could turn around food quite quickly? Well the answer to me was quite obvious, microgreens. Now microgreens are basically a young seedlings of some edible crops. Crest is probably one of the best examples of a microgreen that I can think of off the top of my head. The great thing with microgreens is we can turn them around pretty quickly. From sowing to harvesting it can be about a week, maybe more, maybe less. And the other advantage is they don't need a huge amount of space or a huge amount of care. So my thought process was I'll come home today and I will sow a tray of microgreens in order that these can then grow on and we'll hopefully be harvesting those next week and again my thought process with this is each day if I sow a tray of microgreens I should be able to override any food shortages with the addition of these microgreens it'd be nice to get fresh food on a daily basis of course and I think microgreens is going to be the only way now probably not going to be the only way of sustaining ourselves of course should the worst happen <laughs> personally I don't think the worst is going to happen but it was just a sort of a thought process that went from my head and I'll be following this up with a video. Well that is what I've been up to today so um quite a bit getting on this week it's really quite good. Well today's Friday the 13th of March 2020 just back in my potting shed and I've been sowing quite a few seeds <coughs> Now, that noise you just heard was Bunny, my male quail, who has been moved into here on his own. And he's he's basically calling out for a female. So I'm going to have to sort that out pretty soon because it's a little bit on the loud side, bless him. So, uh, yes, I've had a bit of a seed-sowing session today. Now, I've sown some more microgreens, continuing on with this microgreen experiment. I don't know if it's going to work, but it's just something I'm... I'm trying. I personally don't think the microgreens are going to be enough to feed us. But I see them more as a way of supplementing our food with some good, healthy, nutritious food. But anyway, as I said, I have been sowing some more seeds. So I've got some kale, curdy scarlet that has been sown. Some cabbage, Savoy January. Some endive, a variety called panchic i'm not even going to try and pronounce that never tried endive before some salsify a variety called sandwich island again never tried that before Kohlrabi, Rabi, a variety called green delicacy tried that before but not too um not too successful with that in the past i've finished off my packet of aubergine long purple now these i've sewn just in my potting shed And they are not going to have any heat, they're not, well they do have extra lighting by accident, but I'm not making an effort to really add any extra heat. I want to see how these get on in comparison to the ones that were sown back in January, which do have extra heat and do have extra lights. And then I've also sown some tiger nuts. Now these are seeds that I saved from a couple of years ago when I first grew tiger nuts. I want to see how they get on as well. I'm pretty sure they'll do fine. I might also sow some fresh seeds of those later on in the year. Now for the microgreens I'm sown, I've gone for some more kale this time. Just trying to mix it up every day with something a bit different. So that's what I've been up to today. Now I'm just looking over at the seedlings here. The celeriac that was sown... uh, Probably in the last couple of weeks. Let's have a look for the date on there. Stupidly, I haven't put the date on that, but um, I compare it to something that was sown at the same time. Um, Yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago. They have started to just germinate. I'm just starting to see the slariac. So that's going to be really, really cool. I'm after a great start. So that's what I've been up to today. Um, Start of the weekend, I've got a house to myself this weekend as well, so hopefully lots and lots of gardening going on. Well, today is Sunday the 15th of March 2020. I'm just on the allotment at the moment, and it's a little bit windy. I've been down here all morning, and I've been cracking on with a bit of weeding, and really, that's all that I've done today. One of those really horrible mundane tasks that needs doing, I'm afraid to say. So yes, I've just gone around picking out loads of weeds... Hoeing where I can, anywhere that is empty, and that's it. That is really it. I wanted to say a bit more about today, but I don't really have anything. The ground's still a bit on the wet side and it's still early in the seasons to really plant anything. I suppose I could have popped my potatoes in but I'm going to save those for next week and at least once the potatoes are in I feel like we are progressing on. Now as I say weeds are sprouting up so it's certainly a sign that the season has begun but I'm also seeing signs like my pear tree is in bud and my elderflower tree is starting to uh, sprout into growth as well. My purple sprouting broccoli I've harvested a lot of purple sprouting broccoli this week that is really doing well done really well with purple sprouting broccoli this year actually I'm pleased to say so yes that's it for today really and this is probably going to be the end of this week's diary section as well so this week's tip of the week for me little book of allotment tips is have a shed is it safe to leave tools and other equipment there as before get advice from other gardeners if in doubt take the tools home every time another option is to make the fork and spade handles removable thieves are unlikely to pinch handleless tools yes theft and security on the allotment is always a big issue On my current allotment, we haven't had any thefts, or I haven't personally. But on my old allotment, I got broken into a couple of times, and it was absolutely devastating. Now, a rule I like to do with my allotment is that I never leave anything on my allotment that I'm not prepared to lose. So I'm not going to go out and buy a £200 lawnmower and leave that on my allotment site. Instead, I went to eBay and got a £20 lawnmower, and that stays on my allotment site, and I'm happy with that. Of course, if it did get stolen, I won't be happy, but better to lose £20 than lose £200. That's the way I look at it anyway. Now, I'll bring Kirsty on in just a second, but firstly, I just want to talk to you about coronavirus and grow your own. Obviously, you've heard of coronavirus. It's in the news. You can't escape it. It's becoming quite worrying. Now, during the diary section, I said that I personally was not that worried. But as the news seems to be getting worse, I'm starting to get more and more concerned. Not for myself. I am maybe overweight, but I'm pretty fit and pretty healthy. However, I've got a neighbour, two doors down, who has his heart constantly monitored. He has, he has some heart problems. He has no family either. If something was to happen and he has to go into self-isolation, which is looking more and more likely, he's going to need somebody looking out for him and possibly even passing on some fresh food. And this is where I see a lot of us Grow Your Owners are really able to come into play. And I also think there's going to be a lot of new Grow Your Owners coming into this hobby because of this. What can we do now? I did think of doing an entire podcast dedicated to ways of getting through this possible scenario. I almost done it tonight, but I think I will possibly do if there's enough interest and if enough of you want to hear about it, I will possibly do a special issue later on this week. Now, this is just a few ideas that I've got. I mentioned about microgreens during the diary section. And microgreens are going to be a great source of fresh food. They're going to be very full of nutrients, which are going to help keep us healthy. But they're not very high in calories. And I see them more as being... A supplement or making meals a bit more interesting. And obviously, herbs as well. I cannot stress how important I believe herbs are. They can take the most mundane, boring meals that might be in a freezer and just make them that bit more interesting with that added flavour. Then there's a few quick crops, such as radish and lettuce, that we could also be growing. I could really go into this in a lot more detail if anybody out there really wants. But what I also want to try and get everybody to think about. Like my neighbor who cannot get to a shop if he goes into self isolation. Perhaps we should be growing our own for those people as well, just to show a little bit of community spirit. You know, how far would a cucumber go for a neighbor, or some beans and some tomatoes? I think if I was in that position, I would be over the moon. Fresh food cannot be underestimated in these hard times. Anyway, now Kirsty, I am so excited to have Kirsty on the podcast. I've been following her for quite a while and I've met her before and she's an absolutely lovely person. She's one of those people that just makes you feel good whenever you're around her. Now, I've wanted to go up to her allotment. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to do it, but it's possible in the future we might do an allotment tour of her plot. But for this week, let's just find out a bit about Kirsty and her background. Other places, apart from cafes and gardens, where you might find gardeners, is the pub. And I am joined today with one of my favourite bloggers absolutely lovely person Kirsty from my little allotment Kirsty, thank you so much for taking your time out to chat to me
1: no thank you i'm really excited about it and i'm also very excited to be in the pub
0: pub <laughs> makes all the difference doesn't it it? It, does. Does.
1: it really does especially when you get a nice g and
0: oh yes and of course the homegrown cider
1: Oh yes, yeah. I've never actually done that. Do you grow your own?
0: Yeah, yeah. I've actually got cider apple trees. Really?
1: Yeah. Oh wow, that's amazing. I think I need to do that.
0: (laughs) It's worth it. It's worth it. So I guess really what we need to know, firstly, a bit about your background. Where where did you start farming and then why did you get into gardening?
1: Um, So it's quite a personal story for me. So um, three years ago in April, I decided to get an allotment after I had a breakdown in my mental health. Um, I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder after the birth of my second daughter Mila and I was really unwell and I'd had some cognitive behavioural therapy which sort of got me back on my feet but I was, I was very ill, I was unable to leave the house, scared of... scared of scared of dying I was worried that my children might die or get hurt or that I would and that was the post-traumatic stress um, disorder that was all the symptoms from that so I read a lot about how gardening therapy can help so I decided to get myself an allotment now I had no experience, complete novice, had no idea what I was doing, so I got myself an allotment and um, luckily in Lincolnshire, because it's nice and green, we were able to get a plot within, I think it was three weeks, which was amazing and I got to work on the allotment and within, well, I'd say probably two or three weeks, I was starting to feel the benefits of the gardening therapy and I'd never... I'd never considered that an option to make my mental health better but the more I read about post-traumatic stress disorder I'd read about how um, gardening can focus you and focus therapy was something really big so yeah, I got my allotment that way it was sort of all a little bit by chance and obviously from ill health but it honestly turned my life around and I don't feel like I would be here now without, without that um, feel like my allotment saved me so i get quite emotional when i yeah. say it but yeah. um it's completely changed my life and i'm so passionate about gardening now and allotments yeah. and how they can change people's lives and how amazing they are for the mind
0: yeah so yeah, yeah so yeah <laughs> it's, well
1: quite a personal story but I'm really happy to sort of talk quite openly about it because I think it's quite an important topic. Yeah,
0: well I, I myself have suffered with PTSD and I know how much gardening helped me then and regular listeners will know I had a cousin who committed suicide about three years ago. The only thing he had any enjoyment from was his garden and I'm kicking myself, if I had actually gone and done more with him then he'd probably still be alive now. So. I can completely see where you come from when you say gardening save lives. It's so underrated in that kind of field and it's... Yeah, yeah, you got me emotional now. Yeah,
1: I know, I'm feeling really emotional. I think I I can remember the one thing that was so big about my allotment was um, When I was having cognitive behavioral therapy, it sort of got me back on my feet, but I felt that I was quite lost as a person, like I'd lost my personality and I'd lost who I was. And it was about trying to find myself again. And one thing that I remember quite clearly was never looking forward. So I couldn't ever see past the day that I was in. And then one day I was on the allotment, I think it must have been maybe a month into it, and I remember thinking, oh, I can't wait till August till that's ready to harvest. And I remember then just sort of taking a bit of a gasp and a deep breath and thinking, wow, that's the first time that I've actually looked forward in my life again. And um, yeah, it was, it was such a big thing. It's, it's so hard to just explain like, how much that means. Yeah. And it, it was then I realised that how the garden the allotment was completely changing my life, yeah. and how well how well the um, therapy well. was happening. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah well, I, I think what it comes down to is a garden becomes a project, and then you start working on this little project, it gives you a mind to focus on, and goals that you set yourself, and as you achieve all these goals, you suddenly start looking forward to the future, um, and that's exactly what I found when I suffered with it as well, so... Yeah, this is a bit emotional now.
1: Yeah, I feel really emotional so Like, we're both going to have a little... Shed a little tear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to speak to maybe somebody that's gone through the same thing, because sometimes that's quite hard. I don't think I've met anyone else that suffered with post-traumatic stress disorder, so... And, um those feelings are sometimes something that you can't really explain. But yeah. when somebody's gone through it, they just know. Yeah, and we're both yeah. sat here now just yeah. nodding at each other because we know exactly what yeah, we
0: need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it is so difficult to explain. I mean, PTSD is so often branded about as a symptom or a, a, a label. Yeah. But the actual, what goes on behind the scenes, it is... For me, it was the worst time of my life, but I'm sure it was for you as yeah. well. I
1: mean, it was horrific. I was suffering with panic attacks, and this panic attack would start with, like, sort of like a hot flush through my yeah. body, and then I, my chest would start beating, and I'd feel like... I, fe- I felt like I was dying, and then yeah. I'd be... I'd have physical symptoms, so I'd start sweating, yeah. I'd be sick, and I was so, so poorly from having these panit- panic attacks. And... By the time one finished, and I'd got myself settled again in bed, it would start again, and literally it was just this horrific cycle, and I couldn't leave the house. I was, I was having what I think maybe was a bit of psychosis, where I was having thoughts about setting the house on fire. I mean, this is something that I never, ever yeah. wanted to do, but my mind was playing those tricks on me to think that that's something I needed to do
0: yeah, you, you might, it would just pop into your mind and that's the only way I can describe it because it was, it was just there, there? <laughs>
1: yeah it was just there and then yeah. it's so hard to get rid of it
0: yeah, yeah. and
1: um, even now like those sort of thoughts that I had in those moments three years ago still haunt me yeah. because I think how could I have thought those things yeah. but I did and it wasn't it wasn't me wanting to do that it was it was my head and it was the trauma and it was the trauma that hadn't been that hadn't been sorted out basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was
0: the illness and I I hate saying that but it is what it is.
1: Yeah, it is an illness and um, more than ever now I I now know and understand that physical illness and mental illness are as difficult
0: as one another.
1: Um, I... Yeah. I I can't explain how poorly I was.
0: Yeah. yeah. And
1: it was only sort of witnessed by, friend, you know, close family yeah. and it was it was very hard. It was a tough time for me and I've got two young girls who are 6 and 3, so it was difficult for them, but without my garden and my allotment I don't think I'd be here now yeah. as well as I am, you know, the girls getting involved with the allotment and yeah. that that's great and it's yeah. a great story story, you know, that everything has worked out for the right reasons and now i get to go to schools and places to talk about how gardening therapy helped me yeah. and hopefully spread the word and help others yeah. that's what it's yeah. all about
0: yeah i mean as i said it's too late for my cousin but if i can stop one person going down the same route i'd be so happy with that well it's, it's kicking up a not, let's find out about you a lot because we're going to hug this out later but <laughs> that's not going to work on audio but um, so tell me about your allotment. What, what do you grow? Where is it? That sort of thing.
1: I think it's one of those questions like, what don't I grow, really? Yeah. I, I feel like I grow everything that I possibly can. And every year I always want to grow something different. So last year, I'd say the favourite thing that I grew on the allotment was my loofah. Oh, so yeah. I grew a loofah successfully and it, um, I now have a loofah sponge. And I think it's so cool to like showcase to people... Um, in the UK that an allotment isn't all about potatoes and carrots we can we can grow a whole range of wonderful vegetables that you can't buy in any supermarket yeah. so I don't tend to grow anything I can buy in the supermarket everything's different everything's colorful and I think it's just fun to try and get other people involved and like children involved with growing fun stuff so yeah I grow everything I possibly can <laughs> I use all the space and like I think. I think my record was like growing about twenty-five types of squash and pumpkin one year, and yeah. I just go a bit overboard because I'm so enthusiastic.
0: <laughs> I we love all it. do it. We all do it. We, hey? all, do we all do it. Do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So, how big is your allotment?
1: I think it's a, around three hundred square meters. Wow. So it's a large plot. But when I actually took it on, it was it was considered half a plot, and that's why I called it my little allotment, thinking that I took a, like taken on a, a small allotment, but actually. That's not the case.
0: <laughs> right. So just to add some reference to those who are listening at home, my allotment is about 250 square metres, so it's slightly bigger than mine.
1: Yeah, um, it's a large space. I'd say it's maybe slightly too big for me on my own, yeah. but I can use all the space, so I tend to use a big area and cover it with squash and pumpkins just so that area is done and dusted, and then keep the rest of it for growing everything else Um I mean squash and pumpkins are quite a good vegetable sort of cover the ground and just like not a lot of work really I find just other than feeding and watering so cover a third of it in that and then then I'm okay
0: (laughs) Now, you said you like to grow something different every year. What are you growing different this year?
1: Oh, do you know what? Actually, I haven't done as much planning for this year as I normally do. I'm in the process of moving my greenhouse, so that's sort of... It's just pushing me back a little bit with timings. Um, I've got lots of new peppers and lots of new tomatoes to grow. So... Something that I'm really excited about is a tomato called Honeycomb. Now, I grew it last year, and um, honestly and truthfully, I know everybody goes on about Sun Gold, but this is so much tastier than Sun Gold. So I did um, a blind um, taste test at um, Burpee Seeds, And I tasted sun gold and I tasted honeycomb. I didn't know which one was which, and honeycomb was so much better. So I'm growing lots of those this year because they have so much flavour. Yeah, yeah. So excited about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I haven't heard of that one, so I'm gonna be looking into that and uh, try it myself. Awesome, awesome. Now, do you have a particular plant or vegetable that you absolutely have to grow every year?
1: yeah squash and pumpkins I I have to I I really really enjoy Halloween and I love autumn it's my favorite time of the year so lots of um, you know pumpkins and squash to decorate the house carving pumpkins with the children I think it's really important and then I donate a lot of my squash and pumpkins to a local cafe that make um, that employ people that have had a tough time and all the money raised goes back into helping those people get back on their feet which I think is a really good idea so I try to grow lots of pumpkins and stuff
0: for them. Awesome. Yeah, no that, I really I have always said I'm not keen on people growing pumpkins just to carve because I think it's a yeah. bit wasteful. But the fact that you're actually doing it then give it to a charity, yeah. you know, that's yeah. good in my book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> big thumbs up, big thumbs up. <laughs> Have you got any uh, big projects or anything planned for this year?
1: Yeah, I've got a couple of big things. I can't talk to you about one of them yet, so hopefully I can come back on your podcast and tell you all about it very soon.
0: You're always welcome.
1: And um, But I am I am doing something with East Midlands Railway and it's in partnership with the Poacher Line, which runs from Nottingham to Skegness. So there is um, a train station called Sleaford Train Station and they have a big area that's unused, so we're going to be building a communal allotment space where people can come along grow stuff take you know harvest herbs and things like that and we're hopefully getting lots of local groups involved with coming and doing workshops and children involved with growing their own and possibly um just anybody really that wants to get involved so that's my next big project
0: awesome awesome so uh, if anybody wants to find out a bit more about you, where do they go?
1: So you can find me on Instagram at my underscore little underscore allotment. And if you s- search on Google, it usually uh, my little allotment, it brings up all the pages. So Twitter, Facebook and my blog.
0: Lovely. Thank you so much for taking your time out of your day. I'll let you get back to your gin and tonic. <laughs>
1: Thank you.
0: What a great little conversation that was. I really enjoyed chatting to Kirsty. Now I just want to thank Kirsty yet again for taking the time out to chat to us and share her experience in really opening up. I thought that was really something to be thankful for. Okay, so I'm gonna wrap up for this week. So Thank you so much for joining me, as always. Now, if you do want me to do a special episode about how we can quickly grow some crops that might get us through any possible food shortages, then please get in touch. Now, you can leave me a comment on the website at theveggrowerpodcast.co.uk or you can email me, richard at theveggrowerpodcast.co.uk or you can find me on social media as well. Just search for The Veg Grower Podcast and I should turn up. Well, as always, thank you once again for joining me this week. Please take care and I'll see you again next time.